0: Welcome back to another episode of Sports Rundown. I'm your host, Z. Joining me today are my co-host, Waddles, Jackson, and finally back from IR, Josh. This is the Sports Rundown podcast, bringing you all of the sports and all of the news that goes with it. We are four college students coming to you from the campus of Palm Beach Atlantic University.
1: All right, guys, the NBA is back. Basketball will be returning on October 18th with opening night. And with the season starting, we're going to go through some predictions for this upcoming season.
2: Okay, so the first segment we have is who our regular season champ predictions are. And so I'm going to start off with the Western Conference. I have the Golden State Warriors.
0: Golden State Warriors, the defending champions. Yeah. Care to elaborate on that at all? It
2: seems like a lame pick right now, but I just feel like the momentum that they have and the fact that they're having their full roster going into the season healthy when they had clay going in halfway through last year i feel like they have a bunch of momentum and i feel like they'll they'll have a good run in the season
0: you don't think injuries will affect them at all
2: i mean it's hard to predict that for any any I, team in general i would so, agree
0: the injuries are hard to predict but i feel like i feel like with the age that that warriors team has and the injuries that clay's gone through the past couple of years i feel like they're definitely going to lose some games due to injuries there
2: well i mean it really depends though because if Clay goes out, then you have Jordan Poole on the bench. He can come right in and replace him. So I feel like for the guards on Golden State, I feel like they, I feel like they're pretty comfortable right now. No matter who gets injured, unless like we're that. talking uh, about yeah. Steph, who, who's pretty irreplaceable.
0: I, I would agree with that.
1: All right, so I I disagree with that, but not not because of any any lack of talent on the Warriors, and I actually have them winning the Western Conference in the in the playoffs, but more because. They they have some drama right now and they've also made it to the finals multiple times as a two or three seed in the West. So I don't think they'll have an extreme amount of pressure to to go for the number one seed in the regular season as they've proven they can make they can make deep playoff runs from the second or third or fourth spot. So I think they, they won't have as much pressure. So I don't think they'll be the number one seed in the regular season, but I do I do believe that they're the most talented and well run team in the West. And I believe that the Warriors will be representing the the Western Conference in the finals.
0: I would I would have to you know, to further you on the regular season. I also think with, you know, some of the Draymond uh drama going on and again with them being older, I think they're gonna try and get those guys like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga into that rotation. And we saw like when they tried to incorporate James Wiseman into the rotation, they just they're not the Warriors that we know when the young guys are still being taught the system. So I think they lose some games. I just I have them really high up in my I have them personally, I've got them fourth in the West regular season and it's like E said, we've seen them go on runs in the postseason with being a top four seed. So I'm not knocking them at all. I just don't think the regular season I don't think that's gonna be like a lot of pressure on them to really bang it out home.
2: Yeah, honestly that's that's a good point. Uh, I can actually agree with that because I mean with the drama that they're having currently that might slow them down just a little bit and then the fact that they're getting used to their young core and trying to incorporate them into their play style I feel like th- that that could be correct I
0: feel like it's a given at this point that Draymond's not going to be coming back and so they don't want to have to rely heavily on him this season
1: Yeah that's fair and that po- possible trade destinations for him during at the trade deadline or at the end of the season could be that could be an interesting topic for the future but Z for for now, which which team do you have winning the Western Conference in the regular season?
0: I have the Los Angeles Clippers. I feel I feel this is their year. You know, we've all seen the pictures of Kawhi in the offseason. He's gotten big, you know, the robot. He doesn't want to have any more, you know, load management injuries. I think uh, assuming he and Paul George can stay healthy, you know, I don't even think we need John Wall to stay fully healthy. I think that's a great addition, but if those main two can stay healthy, let alone all three of them stay healthy for a majority of the season, regular season, I think they've got a chokehold on the West, let alone the league.
2: Yeah, honestly, I feel, I feel the same way how you were talking about with the Warriors and being injury prone possibly. I feel like it's the same case for them. I feel like they can go pretty high as well. Like if all three of them are able to stay for a majority of this season healthy, then I feel like they could be top three minimum. But, I mean, we'll just have to see how that works out.
1: And those three, their core three, while they're incredibly talented, them all staying healthy is a big if because all three of them have missed full seasons and parts of seasons multiple times in their career. So, personally, I don't see them staying completely injury-prone enough of the season to get enough playing Um, time together. But if if those three can stay together and play together, they will be a very dangerous team this year.
0: See, another thing that... I, I agree. I don't think... I think injuries are almost inevitable for this team at some point or another. But you have to look... They're, they definitely have the one of the deepest rosters, if not the deepest roster in the NBA. Look at this. Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson, Ivacha Zubak. You got Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Jason Preston, Robert Covington. You know, the list just goes on and on about these guys that, you know, not are not on the same caliber as their three main guys. But you've got... Depth for days with this team, and I think that can really come in clutch for yeah. this team. Because
2: I mean, they've proven when they were even somewhat healthy, what two years ago, they were competing for it. Hundred so percent. I feel like it's a good pick.
0: I feel like I feel like Kawhi. Really, I feel like his his injury. If he can stay healthy, and I think I think he looks healthy. I think he looks. I think with it, he I, he can put. A majority of the Clippers on his back per se, because he's got a better team around him with Paul George and John Wall and like all the other guys I just mentioned than he did in Toronto the year they won the chip. I fully oh yeah, believe I that. definitely agree with that. And yeah. so I just I don't I don't want to doubt him. I think this could be their year where the Clippers really look dominant.
1: Yep. All right. So then for me, my number one seed in the West, moving on to another team that has a lot of guys coming back from injuries, the Denver Nuggets.
0: I like that. I'm not mad at that, but like I just 10. again with the injuries, I you have Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray. Those are two massive injuries. And it's like I mentioned with Klay Thompson like yes, they're back and healthy right now, but you know, once you get have a big injury like that, it is possible to become more injury prone and need more time management. So I just see I yeah. see them losing games just because you know, those two aren't at full health.
1: That, that's a fair point but this nuggets team has been a very a consistent playoff team's without those last two guys in recent years with nikola jokic playing at an mvp level so with with the return of those two guys i think that'll push them ahead above the above the rest of the teams in the west especially during the regular season with them starting out all healthy
0: together i, I agree i agree i like i like everything you've said i personally have the nuggets as the, my number two for the West I just I'm I feel like bringing incorporating Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back into the lineup I feel like it has some repercussions and I feel like gelling again you've, you've got to rebuild that chemistry and Jokic isn't going to have like he will still be a dominant force do not get me wrong on that but he's got two other guys that are going to be commanding the ball going to be dishing it out so the question is, how big of a force can he still be now that he's got to share the ball?
1: Well, that that should play into their offense really well. Is Jokic has been one of the top ten guys in the league in assists consistently, so he, he sh- he's going to have more scores to to pass the ball to. I think we can agree though that it'll take time for a
2: lot of teams to come into form when it comes to the season. I, like especially the teams we're talking about, the fact that whether it's like injuries or just circumstances and like personal issues that are going on within the team, I feel like it, it'll take time for all of them, but they all have the potential, like all three of these teams have the potential to be something really great and they could be the top three. Who knows? We'll, we'll just have to see.
0: I feel like there's been a lot, like you mentioned, a lot of internal drama this off season. Yeah. Like, I mean, really, between the Boston Celtics, the Lakers, the Warriors, you know, and other things have been happening. So it's just I think that's an I think that's an, also going to be a focal point is that you have to recognize that beyond a team aspect and on the court happenings there are also off the court happenings. Like I don't like going back to the Warriors. I don't care what Jordan Poole and Draymond Green are saying in their interviews about how they're going to be professional and how it's a business. If so if my coworker came in and rocked me like how Draymond Green rocked Jordan Poole, we've all seen the videos. Yeah. You can you can pretend all you want that you guys are gonna go in there and be a business, but there's there's gonna be some sort of grudge or something there. All right, moving on to the East, your number one seat in the East. Who are you guys feeling?
1: I have the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. So
0: did I. I have the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. All they're, right, they're, Josh,
2: I got the Bucks.
0: He's got the Bucks. All right, those are two. Bucks are my number two. Bucks are my number two. So let's start off with the Sixers, and we'll transition into them.
1: So I have them there because. Mostly because of the duo of Harden and Embiid, They're, them in the pick and roll will be incredibly difficult to defend. But also the Ty- Tyrese Maxey, will, I think, is going to fit very well with James Harden, especially will complement him well on defense. Those two have been, I mean, training together like those, and the rest of their roster has been is very underrated, especially with Tobias Harris. I think this is going to be a very strong offense and defensive team in the East, and that will carry them strongly through the regular season.
0: Interesting. You think um, Tobias Harris is going to be that underrated part of the team? After everything that – I feel like he has – He's, I, he's I been think,
1: that underrated player for years on that team.
0: I think he's such – I think he's definitely good. He's one of those players like C.J. McCollum that you see that could be an all-star, but, you know, he's never really – gotten to that consistent work. I feel like if he can remain consistent like I said I've got him as number one if he remains consistent I think it's game over I also think they don't have to rely as much on Tobias Harris because you know who they got in the offseason P.J. Tucker and we know we've I mean we've seen him with team after team that man is a monster he just got he signed his biggest contract in his NBA career at the age of 37 that just shows this man he's good you know, he, he's not slowing down anytime soon. He play, He's not a big presence like some of these 37-year-olds are, like Chris Paul and LeBron James, but the role he's supposed to play, he plays it phenomenally.
2: Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, especially on the defensive end, honestly, because he, he's been like a pretty consistent offensive player, but it's usually because he's like a 3 and D kind of guy where they kind of keep him in the corner and he'll be mm-hmm. wide open. Well- but uh, I feel like Tobias, the case for Tobias, he he's always been that kind of underrated player. But I feel like he hasn't like even though he's been good, he hasn't been enough for them still in a sense. Well
0: it's like E said or you said, um with James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, and even Tobias Harris. You don't need PJ Tucker to do anything on offense. If you've got him on the court with Joel Embiid, and James Harden, those two can score the ball almost at will. You don't need it. You need him to be there and be gritty on defense. Get in people's heads. Yeah, exactly. That's what he does so well is he plays such a strong mental game. And it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's amazing also to me, Bring I'm going off topic a little bit here, the relationship the NBA players have. Because he can be so up on in your grill and just get in your head so much. And then after the game, you guys are completely chill. Off-the-court relationships are great. And you saw that a few years ago with Kevin Durant and him yeah, chirping exactly. back and forth, and then he looks at Kevin Durant's mom on the sideline, Wanda Durant, and says, so just, "I love you, I love you too." Like that's just amazing to me. Yeah, it's usually off topic. when
2: it when it comes to KD, you never notice him kind of get phased as much as he did during that series. And but every awful. single game, even though he was putting up really good numbers against the Bucks in that series, including the what forty nine point triple double at one point. I mean, you could still see that mentally it was sort of getting to him.
0: PJ Tucker, I think, is a just. He's got an immeasurable amount of value to a team if you utilize him correctly.
1: He does the 76ers. And one very, very underrated thing about him and Tobias Harris is that because they're going to be fourth and fifth options on that team, but they've shown a track history of being very strong scorers in the NBA, that'll help keep their offense really balanced. It'll open up space for for Embiid and Harden, but having strong scores in like as a fifth or fourth or even third option help opens up t- offenses like the Warriors and the Bucks the past few years. It it keeps those offenses like running very smoothly as like it makes it harder for defenses to focus on just the top one or two players.
0: I agree with that 100% and another thing I want to mention about um PJ Tucker is he can be a great leader not just for the team but for Matisse Thybulle because that's another guy, young guy, not, you know, necessarily the strongest on the offensive end, but we've seen him. He can he can wreck havoc on defense and I know I know if the 76ers could get him to have that mental game that PJ Tucker has and just develop a little bit more offense. He had Matisse Stibbe into that as a competitive, you know, um, offensive contributor as well as defensive contributor. You know, I just I talk and I just keep liking the Philadelphia 76ers more and more. All
1: right, moving back back out west, who who do you guys have winning the the Western Conference in the playoffs? I, I already mentioned I have the Warriors, even though I don't have them as my one seed. Oh, I have the Warriors as
0: well. You guys both have the Warriors. See, this was really hard for me because, oh, you know, as we've seen with the Clippers the past couple of years, they seem to be able to get they seem to get be able to get broken apart broken down in the playoffs. But I said like I said the Nuggets, my number 2 seed, I think they can get broken down. I think my number 3 seed the Pelicans, young and inexperienced. And at 4 it's the Warriors. But I just I don't think the Warriors have it this year. And so I really I don't know I don't know who I have coming out of the West this playoffs. I think it can be a an extremely competitive playoff race.
1: Oh, I agree. It definitely should be competitive as the West is very, very strong this year, even compared to other years as far as 7-8. and eight
0: deep. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's absolutely unreal to think of some of the teams that will not get a guaranteed playoff spot because of how stacked this West is.
2: And I just feel like with the Warriors, when it comes down to the postseason, just like they showed last year, once they get their full chemistry together and once they like become a tight group – and if Steph is firing on all cylinders they're almost unstoppable. So that's why I feel like they have the best chance right now. It's one of those cases where at this very moment it's theirs to like prove wrong that they're not going to be it anymore. I would yeah.
0: agree, I would agree that right now it is theirs to lose, but if I was to say that the Golden State Warriors are my pick to make the finals right now, I don't like that. You know, I I understand which I understand all great points and like I said they it's theirs to lose. I, I just think they I just think they lose it I don't know I, and and I don't know like I said, I don't know who I'd pick to take it from them necessarily because I feel like every team that has the potential to also has a negative aspect that you can just and they don't quite have so it's, that's really tricky for me that's a hard question uh moving on to the east, who do you guys have as your conference champion for the east? I have the Milwaukee Bucks. You have the Milwaukee Bucks. What were they in your regular season standings? I have them at second in the regular season. You have them at second, okay. That's where I have them too.
2: And then I have the Brooklyn Nets.
0: You have the Brooklyn Nets. That's really interesting. Brooklyn, where do you have them on your regular season? Where do you see them following? So I had
2: had them, I think, three or four. So I have the middle of the pack. So I don't think they're going to do as good in the regular season. I think it will take them time. But with the roster that they have this year if they're able to stay healthy for the most part, it just looks so good. Like on every single aspect of the game, you got multiple guys who can shoot the three really well, like catch and shoot. Then you have two dynamic scores in Kevin Durant and Kyrie. And then you have Ben Simmons like fresh now. I love And ben so Simmons. we'll just have to see how he fits in. But I feel like with the way they want him to fit in, he'll do really good in the system. And so I feel like they have the potential to sneak in there and be a really good team.
0: On paper, I love the Brooklyn Nets. On paper, I don't know if there's a team that you could say is definitively better than them. Because they've got elite scores, like you said, elite players like Kevin Durant and Kyrie. You've got you know question marks, could be elite, could be just bums in Ben Simmons. And you've got immaculate shooters around them with Seth Curry and Joe Harris. And you've got young guys. You've got Nick Claxton... You know, you've got Dayron Sharp. I mean, they really, they have a full package. My problem with the Brooklyn Nets is that their inconsistency with their main players. You see, you saw Kevin Durant's name thrown around in trades all summer long. I didn't like that. Kyrie, you never know if he's going to suit up, if he's, you know, fasting for whatever he believes in. You, ne- you never know with him either. And then Ben Simmons... You don't you don't know if he's injured or if he just is scared to play. Like I love Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons can be great. As of this right now, moment, right now, I'm reluctant to pick them, just because I feel like there's so many inconsistencies. With that being said, my Western or sorry Eastern Conference champions are the Miami Heat.
2: Because, That's an interesting
0: take. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Right now. I've got them sixth in my regular season standings. I'm getting the final playoff spot where they don't have to fight for that play-in. And the reason I have that is because we know the Miami Heat turned it up in the playoffs, especially Jimmy Butler. We've seen amazing things from him in the playoffs. But playoff rotations get shortened. So they won't be playing their top, you know, 8, nine, ten guys. They'll be playing their top 7. And as far as 7 for 7 goes, Miami Heat are elite and they're dangerous and they're a defensive team, they're a tenacious team, but they can also catch fire on the offensive end so so quickly. And one thing that I think we have yet to see was this year at media day, Bam Adebayo claims he's going to be getting up 18 shots a night. If you have Bam Adebayo putting up 18 shots a night while remaining the defender that he is on the defensive end, I think that'll wreck havoc enough during the regular season. I think come playoff times, you'll only have Joel Embiid and Giannis, maybe Jokic who can even come close to competing with him. And that, I mean, I think Bam Adebayo is my difference maker and why I believe they will make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So do you
2: think he can outplay those type of guys during games? Do you think he'll get to that that point to where he's at that level now?
0: I think if you have Bam putting up 18 shots a night, and obviously he's a center, so he's going to be doing it on good efficiency, I would assume. Yeah, You've got him scoring at the same level as tw- you know 25 points per game. That's not quite at the same level as Giannis and Joel Embiid, but that 25 points per game. That's still a bump that's, up from what he's been doing the past couple of years. That's a big bump up from 19 points per game, which he's yeah. been doing. I think 25 points per game and the defensive monster, he, I mean, he's so versatile. The way he jumps and is just long can guard positions one through five. I think he can compete with them. And then I think playoff Jimmy can compete with any second option. And that, I mean, I the, just, the I, Mi- I have a hard time going against them.
1: The Miami Heat are, they, they have a very strong roster, but the one team that I think is better on paper and and watching them play is the Milwaukee Bucks. And first off, they have Giannis. And Giannis is, he, he's in a, I mean, he's
0: he's in a he's he's a his nickname the Greek freak. He is a freak on the court. Like it's unreal. The way I want to say it's James Harden that said this. The way he runs, he just runs and dunks. I mean, that's and people don't stop him just because he's so he's so strong and so big, and it's it's hard to stop him when he's coming at you like that in the paint.
1: He is, but beyond him, and he's. Virtually unstoppable. They also have an, a very, very deep roster with Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Serge Ibaka, Brooke Lopez, Jordan Wara, Grayson Allen, who who could have a very solid season. And having that and George Hill, they have a very deep roster. So the Milwaukee Bucks having this will help in the regular season, but it also help keep their guys able to play not a ton of minutes during the regular season and maintain success, which should keep them healthy and fresh for the postseason which I think will come will come in handy, especially against teams like Miami or Brooklyn who aren't nearly as deep as they are.
0: So you mentioned Grayson Allen. I did. I want to talk about Grayson Allen because not a lot of people like him, my mother included. She's a UNC Tar Heel, does not love the former Duke standout star, shall we call him. She doesn't like him. A lot of people don't. I know Chicago Bull fans don't. Let me tell you what. I love him. I think he's great. I think he's going to be the Bucks. You know, I think he's going to be that. If the Bucks were to do it, which like they said, they're not my pick to do it. But if they did, it's because Grayson Allen is shooting the lights out. I think he can. I mean, we, we saw a glimpse of it last year in the playoffs. He's hitting like 80% from three on four attempts, five attempts a game, averaging 13.1, I believe it was. Someone fact check me on that. I'm not sure. He... He's definitely not in the most improved conversation. He won't have a jump like that. But I think he will have a jump big enough to be a very effective role player.
2: I feel like it depends on the health of Chris Middleton, too. Because if you notice from last year, the fact that he played probably half the season and then he was out half the playoffs as well. So that kind of ruined the Bucks' chemistry and what they could have been like we saw two years ago when they won the championship. Because when Middleton is doing good, then you have to worry about him on top of Giannis as it already is, and then they become an unstoppable force. And then Drew Holiday, then he gets open basically, and so then they all, they're all able to reach the potential that they hit a couple of years ago.
0: I genuinely felt like I did not see Chris Middleton touch the floor last year. Yeah, like I know, like if you look at the stats, he played over half the season. It did not feel it like that. It didn't seem like it. It yeah. did not feel like that at all. Like and so, it, that's he was such a missed. Presence that's how last the team year.
2: themselves feel. When they when they see something like that, it's like he's one of our top guys, and if we don't have him, then it's just Giannis, basically. Well,
0: that's my other thing is I'm not confident in Brook Lopez this season. We saw him be in really injury prone last year. He's getting up there in age, and like like we were talking about with Bam, I mean Giannis goes out and Bam's still playing. I think
1: he is. They still have they'll have Bobby Portis at that forward center they, they position, have, and he, they
0: do have Bobby Porter, and he popped off last. Uh, last playoffs, he played yeah. really well.
1: And he's he should be a solid defender. I don't know if guarding Bam will be quite that, – that might be a stretch, but in, in some minutes, to give Giannis some bench time, like he should be able to to be viable as a defender of Bam Abadiah or other, other
0: solid scoring forwards. But I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I did, I did bring it up. Bam Adebayo has increased his shots per game every year, and last year he was attempting 13 field goals a game and putting up 19 points. If he really increases that to 18, puts up five more shots a game, say he shoots 60%, that's, six, that's 25 points per game like on the nose. Put that with his, some of his you know, other stats, stealing a half a game, a block and a half a game, The only thing at that point that he can't do consistently that we've seen is shoot it from shoot the three ball. And I just, you know, we haven't really seen Joel do that super consistently. We haven't seen Giannis do that super consistently. And
2: they still thrive.
0: And they still thrive. Exactly. Beautifully said. I just think, I think. I think Bam is the difference maker, and that's why I'm picking the Miami
2: Heat. I feel like Victor Oladipo too. He'll be flying under the radar because you could tell during the playoffs that he was finally getting back to what we saw when he was with, say, the Pacers. And so I feel like if he can reach that kind of level again, then sky's the limit for them.
0: Well, we didn't see him play, you know, up to standards last year. But you've got to think you've got a Kyle Lowry coming off the bench. That could be that could be deadly. I like I I like my pick with the Miami Heat. I'm just gonna leave it at that.
1: All right, so moving on, we've talked a lot about a lot about teams that we think will be really successful this season. Who are teams that you guys think are going to be overhyped heading into this year?
0: Overhyped? Um, I think the first team that comes, when you say overhyped, the team that comes to mind for me the most are the Boston Celtics.
1: And that's who I have written down to. And a lot of that has to do with their coach, Emi Adoko, who was recently suspended for one year. So they, they, they don't have a coach currently entering the year. La- last year they had, although they were the Eastern Conference champion, they had an up-and-down season, and midway through the year last year they were in the, the play-in, or they were positioned to be in the play-in, and that's where I think they'll finish this regular season at. Although a lot of people have them projected really high based off their success from last season, I think they'll be down, down in the play-in due to not having a coach entering the season. And being very thin at forward and big men, with Robert Williams' injury, their only real center is going
0: to be Al Horford entering this season. And see, that, I agree with everything you just, you put that beautifully, took the words right out of my mouth. How do you, how have they not named a head coach yet? It's been two weeks. They haven't even fully disclosed what happened. We know there was a relationship well, it's been,
2: been more than two weeks. It's been, like, almost a month now, I'm yeah, pretty
1: sure. Well, there
0: have been reports. We know that there was a relationship between staff members and Ime Uduka. There have been reports that it's non-consensual. There have been reports that it was consensual. We don't know the details. We also know that they don't have a head coach right now. And I you know, I don't see how you can have a season starting. When we're recording this, the season starts in two days. You you. You can't do that. You have to have a head coach.
2: Yeah, because I remember seeing that their interim right now, he he was coming off the bench on the team, but he has little to no experience as one of the higher-ups right now. So I feel like
0: being personally,
2: a, I feel like that'll screw them up a little bit to start the season.
0: Being a player and being a coach are two different things. You've got to have the right IQ and mentality mindset. And I also I like the point uh, E brought up with injuries. Time Lord's out. Robert Williams, he's out. We have not been given a definitive timeline on his return. And like you said, Al Horford, as of right now, is the starting big man. You know who his backup is? Blake Griffin. I don't like that at all. At the four, your starting four is Grant Williams. You know, And then their backup is some no-name guy. So teams, it's like we've talked about. Joel Embiid, Giannis, Bam, even even the Hawks. I like the Hawks with Clint Capella attacking them. The Cleveland Cavaliers with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen attacking them. I just... Teams are going to thrive playing the Boston Celtics, especially early on in the season. Now, I also agree with what you said. They were in the play-in season last year and completely turned it around. They could do that. I don't anticipate it doing that because that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing that they pulled off.
2: Yeah, and personally... For me, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. And let me explain. I feel like... Yeah, I know you won't agree with me on this, but I feel like... Before we start talking,
0: are you talking about regular season, postseason, or just altogether underachieving?
2: Mainly regular season, but I can see postseason, too.
0: I was about to say, I think they could... I, I agree with you. They were, I don't think they're my biggest underachiever, but I definitely see them underachieving people's yeah, expectations. Because
2: in a sense, at the same time, I feel like they'll improve a little bit because I know Anthony Edwards, he'll just, for the next couple of years, he'll still keep improving. But I just feel like the Western Conference is way too stacked for them to make, like, basically a huge jump in the standings this year. I think they'll improve, but especially with the fact that they just got Rudy Gobert on top of that. I don't know how the chemistry is going to be looking and everything. I feel like the defense is going to be really good, but I just feel like they won't make a huge jump as some people are thinking they will.
0: I agree that I'm not sold on the chemistry level between Karl-Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. I'm not sure how that will I don't, mesh. I don't know how that will work out yeah, either. Yeah, I'm not sure how I like that. Like, but again, like you said, Anthony Edwards, he'll take a good step forward. I like that.
1: I would like to say I completely disagree with that. <laughs> I knew
0: this was coming,
1: and I I actually have the Timberwolves as my un- most underhyped team heading into this year. This is mostly because they they had one last year. They had the most points per game. Anthony Edwards is going to be taking a step forward, and defensively adding Rudy Gobert, they're going to have a very strong defensive team in their starting lap, They're going to have Edwards, who's an athletic defender, D'Angelo Russell, Rudy Gobert, and Carl Car- Anthony Towns. So that's a very very strong defense Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns are going to be really strong a strong duo on offense and D'Angelo Russell is a very one of the best third or fourth options in the league so for those reasons because of how strong they are defensively and offensively I think this is going to be a top two or three seed in the West and one of the most underhyped teams heading into this year hey, we'll just have to see
0: so my I have a question you're talking about them being underhyped Are you not concerned with the fact that the past few years with the Utah Jazz teams have absolutely gone after, hunted for Rudy Gobert and attacked him in the playoffs? And that's the reason, you know, at least a part of the reason that the Utah Jazz have not had that postseason success. We've seen them do great things in the regular season, but I think a part of the overhyping is the fact that they could finish as a top seed, and I do not see them making it out of the first round.
1: I definitely think this is a strong second round team because they're they have a very balanced offense. And then on defense, even though Rudy Gobert could be a liability switching on to guards, they will also have I mean their their perimeter defense will still be strong. So and Edwards Edwards and um Russell should be able to fight fight around screens enough to to with, with their speed and athleticism, more more the athleticism of Anthony Edwards to did hope. you see
0: the block he had on Kevin Durant last night? I did, it was yeah. preseason, but that was that was a clean block. Yeah, I he, loved watching. He,
1: that. He's one of the most athletic players in the league. So really, athletic I think his guard. athleticism on defense will help with with Rudy Gobert's lack of speed or agility.
0: All right, so we're talking about you know teams overhyped, underhyped. What about teams that are in the tank for Victor Wembanyama or or Scoot Henderson?
1: I, I know, about, I know you're, you're,
0: high, you're high on Scott Henderson. Scoot. Scoot.
1: Scoot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Per- personally, I think Victor's going to be the number one pick, but the team I have winning, winning the race to, to the bottom of the standings this year will be the Indiana Pacers.
0: And, yes, guys, we do know that the lottery is determined by ping pong balls. This is just who we think will have the worst record during the regular season.
1: And I have this being in the Indiana Pacers, and although they don't have the worst roster right now, I anticipate as they've been shopping them around that they're going to trade Buddy Hield and Miles Turner at as early as possible and at least into the, but before the trade deadline. And beyond those two, they have they have very little ta- talent on and experience on their roster, and very few pieces who have played played consistent minutes together. So I see the Indiana Pacers being the having the least wins this upcoming season and having the best odds entering the lottery for, for, for the upcoming NBA 2023 draft. All
0: right, so you're talking Indiana Pacers. I believe that it's actually, this is going to surprise some people, the Charlotte Hornets. LaMelo Ball. Yeah, I need the reasoning. That, that is LaMelo, very LaMelo shocking. Ball, LaMelo Ball's injured right now. They have given him, you know, a kind of timetable of return, but this is one of those injuries where the Charlotte Hornets can really milk and be like, oh, we want to be safe. He's the future of our franchise. We don't need to play him right now. And other than LaMelo Ball, who are you going to play? Who on that court is relevant enough and strong enough to do anything? Not Gordon Hayward, not P.J. Washington, not Mason Plumley, not Montrez Harrell. Do
2: they still have Kelly Oubre? Right.
0: Yeah, they got Kelly yeah. Oubre, but I mean he's not. Do, do they have Kelly It doesn't
2: necessarily have to be. Do they a single sc- a single star? It could be all of them combined. Do we they do still Solitary?
1: Do what? Do they still have Scary Terry? Yeah.
0: No. No, Scary Terry's not there. Wait, dude. No, they do. You're right. You're right. They do. Yes. They do. So, bet- I Rose
1: think between between all those pieces, they should have a deep deep enough team. And, you, and we just Kings named
0: a starting five. Name someone coming off their bench. That's a
2: hard thing to do, but that's also a hard thing to do for most teams, to be honest. So I, I'll like, give you that. I like just tell me you could name somebody that's not on the top five on the Sacramento Kings.
0: Sacramento Kings. All right, who are we assuming starting for the Sacramento Kings? We've got uh, Kevin Herter, De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, and DeMontis Sabonis. We got... um. Chimese Metu, however you say his first name, metu He'll be six man off the center, but I mean, I, I get but what he's not at that level though. I, I understand. I understand what most you're saying. people
2: wouldn't know who that is.
0: I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I just think I think the Charlotte Hornets may milk this Lamello injury, and you could even be you could pull it out of nowhere. Say, look at what happened to Lonzo. He had the similar injury, and he's been out for months. We don't want to take that risk. We're not going to rush him back. We're leaving him put on this bench. Yeah haven't missed the first month of games, that could put you far back enough, it doesn't matter.
2: And I think on that point of milking it, mine has to be the Oklahoma City Thunder. Cause with the fact that Chet is out now, I feel like they'll easily use that as an excuse to be like, okay, we're not gonna try as hard and we're we're creating like not even just the twin towers between Chet and um uh Poku. Pogu. They're going to add Victor, too. And could you imagine but what, what that would be for what, them? What is the
0: point of that? Why do you need three guys that are taller than
2: 7'3"? Hey, personally, as an Orlando Magic fan,
0: that's exactly that's what I'm doing right now. And <laughs> I feel is. like
2: it could work out. It's it's a risky scenario, but I don't know. If they didn't
1: want to do that, they could still draft Scoot Henderson. Scoot. Exactly. Have-
2: exactly. But I feel like Victor's such an offensive weapon too that it's not just because of defense. He's like, he could possibly be one of those really good talents that goes number one, and actually lives up to the hype. But at the same time, it's it's a risky pick. But I feel like,
0: I feel like the Thunder will do that. I, you know, I honestly, in my Western Conference rankings. I I have got the Thunder 13th. I think they're gonna be teams much worse than them, but. I think the Spurs are going to be up there too,
2: because did you see when Popovich, during his press conference a couple a couple of days ago?
0: No, what did Pop say?
2: So basically, he was talking about betting and that.
0: Oh, personally, he wouldn't yeah, bet yeah, on the yeah. Spurs themselves. I saw that. So what
2: do you think the the team themselves How can is saying? Say that like you can't say that to start the season as the head coach, even though he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Personally, doing that that kind of like, gives them a bad rep to start the season already. So I feel like they could definitely be up there too. But I, I can
0: – like I said, I got the Spurs and the Jazz below them, I think. But I just personally, Charlotte Hornets, I'm not feeling them. That is all we have time for today.
1: Uh, remember to keep tuning in, and we're going to talk about more individual awards and also all the other sports going on. Uh, think. Remember to subscribe and rate us on Spotify Podcasts.
0: You can also follow us on Twitter – at sports underscore rundown underscore. Thank you for listening today. it will be back Wednesday with our NFL Week 6 and 7 predictions and discussions.